Hello and welcome back to the Take A Trip podcast. This is episode 16 and today I will be covering a story about a cannibal rapper. Yes, we're going to look into the story of Big Lurch and what actually went down. We're going to look at the media side of the story compared to Big Lurch's side of the story along with the victim's family members side of the story as well. Um, I'm going to cover sort of both perspectives to this because I feel like the perspective of the victim's family is not talked about enough. We will be dealing with themes of cannibalism, domestic violence and also heavy drug use. So if any of those are triggering to you, I highly suggest that you click off and you listen to another episode, maybe the conspiracy theories one. So we're going to jump straight into this. Um, It's quite a long story, so be prepared. On the 20th of April 2002... An East Los Angeles resident, Alyssa Allen, heard a little bit of commotion coming from outside her home. She looked outside of her window and she saw a really shocking sight. And it was a man. He was running through the streets and he had blood all over his face and torso. Alyssa also commented that the man was running and he was looking at the sky. It kind of looked quite odd. And he was quickly recognised to be a local rapper named Antron Singleton, otherwise known as Big Lurch. Alyssa became even more shocked when she saw that this man was chewing on what appeared to be raw meat. Immediately, she called the police and Alyssa went to her friend Tanisha Sayers' apartment to check on her because she knew that Tanisha had been spending time with Big Lurch and Big Lurch was best friends with Tanisha's boyfriend, Thomas Moore. But when Alyssa entered the apartment, she was quickly met with the severity of the situation. She let out a blood-curdling scream as she found her 21-year-old deceased friend on the floor. Tanisha had multiple stab wounds and her chest was ripped open and her organs were clearly missing and exposed. There were evident bite marks on the 21-year-old's body and it looked as though an animal had honestly just broken into the house and devoured her. So who was behind Tanisha's brutal murder? All eyes instantly turned to Big Lurch. He was immediately arrested and he was even seen growling at the police like an animal. So who was Big Lurch and what could possibly lead to him killing and cannibalizing Tanisha, his best friend's girlfriend? Did he really do it or was it all a setup? Antron Singleton was born on the 15th of September 1976 in Fort Worth, Texas. At age seven, he moved to East Dallas and that was where he was raised. And around this time, everyone around Antron saw his creative ability spark. He would write poetry and he would eventually aspire to be a rapper. At age 15, he began performing music to the public under the stage name G Spade. But eventually he would change this to an Adams Family inspired name, Big Lurch. If you haven't watched The Adams Family, Lurch was the family's butler and Antron felt like he related to this character. So he decided that it would be his new stage name. Big Lurch moved from East Dallas to Oakland, California to further chase his career in rap and he was actually quite successful with this move. He ended up finding a bunch of contacts in the industry and would go on to collaborate with a bunch of other artists in the Bay Area. Big Lurch was a solo artist but he also became a part of a group called the Cosmic Slop Shop. The group wasn't really successful though because they released an album called The Family in 1998 and it didn't really sell that well. There was a song called Sinful, which was a little bit successful on the album, but it wasn't like anything crazy, like it was topping the charts or anything. 
and eventually the group broke up shortly after the album's release just because they weren't really that much of a tight-knit group anyways. Lurch worked with a bunch of rappers, um, he was known to work with Mac Dre, I believe he worked with E40 and also some RBL posse, I don't know, I'm not from there, I'm so sorry guys. His career was pretty bog standard um just think of your average upcoming rap artist it wasn't anything crazy he wasn't super famous but he was well known in the local scene and lurch began to dabble in horrorcore around the time after that album had dropped with the group he wanted to explore his horizons and so he dabbled in horrorcore he wanted this new creative twist now, horrorcore is a subgenre of hip hop and it's based on the horror themed, aggressive, lyrical content and imagery. It has a similar shock factor to your bog standard horror movie or production, except obviously it's in spoken form, so rappers will often speak in depth about very morbid scenarios. And this would later turn out to be a big disadvantage during Lurch's trial following the murder. In 2000, Lurch was sadly involved in a pretty serious car accident and he was driving home from his 24th birthday bash and a drunk driver unfortunately crashed into him. This resulted in a broken neck and it would go on to give him chronic pain after he had been released from hospital. He said in an interview that he could actually barely walk after the accident and the pain was just absolutely unbearable. So once he was out of the hospital, he hunted for ways to manage the pain that he was constantly in, and eventually this led to him taking very hard drugs. Now, Lurch became close to his friend Thomas Moore, who was a known gangbanger in the area. Um, he would spend time at Thomas's apartment, and he actually got to know Thomas from the local music scene, and so Lurch was visiting the area to record an album, so he just went over to stop by Thomas from time to time. And while Lurch was at Thomas's apartment, he would regularly see Thomas's girlfriend Tanisha because she was also living at the apartment with her two children. I don't know if these children were also Thomas's children or if they were from another father. It wasn't clear, but it doesn't really matter. Just know that there were kids in this house. Thomas would regularly supply his quote unquote friend Lurch with PCP. And this is arguably one of the hardest drugs that you can possibly take. It is definitely one of the strongest drugs that are available on the streets. Some reports would say that Lurch and Thomas would do PCP together, but others stated that Lurch would be the only one who would take it because of the amount of pain that he was in. Lurch said that he had smoked PCP when he was younger and it gave him this like really numbing feeling when he smoked it. So that was his reasoning for smoking it again following the car accident. I just find it really sad that American healthcare is just set up to the point where people feel like they have to go out and do these hard drugs rather than getting medical attention. And I'm guessing it's down to the cost and other factors as well. And I know that it happens a lot out in America. People try to self-medicate and it's really sad that people have to resort to that really and truly I feel like if you're a human you should be able to access free healthcare it's just so dumb the thought of having to actually pay for healthcare so here's a little bit more context on PCP in case you don't know what this drug is actually like um PCP is angel dust it is very dangerous drug it's very easy to overdose it is hallucinogenic and is known to be extremely intense in terms of the high now PCP is something that can make you very disoriented and generally very disconnected from your surrounding environment. 
it reduces pain a lot which like I said before was why Lurch would probably want to take it even more but some of the side effects of it are anxiety, suicidal tendencies, violence, confusion and amnesia. This is all very useful to take into consideration when you hear about the events that are going on and the the sort of difference in stories. So I'm going to tell you the media's chain of events. I'm going to tell you what I read in all of the papers and all of the published articles online. I'm going to give you their side of the story first. So it goes like this. On April the 20th, 2002, Lurch woke up with extreme pain. His high from the night before was wearing off and he needed more PCP as soon as possible. So he drove back to Thomas's apartment and Tanisha was home alone at the time because her two kids were at school and Thomas was away from the house. So like I said before, this is the media's series of events and it's completely up to you what you want to believe. Um, I'm just making it very clear that this is what the media have published. So they said that Tanisha heard a knock at her front door and she answered the door and Lurch was just stood outside. They said that he was still very high at this point and very, very crazed. He was in pain and he needed drugs urgently. So Lurch supposedly pushed into the apartment, knocking Tanisha on the floor. Tanisha began to scream and Lurch beat her until the screams stopped. He apparently searched the apartment for more PCP, but he was very unlucky because there was nothing around. Then the sense of anger and fear became so overwhelming and Lurch made his way to the kitchen. There in the kitchen, he grabbed a three-inch kitchen knife and stabbed Tanisha. She screamed again, but Lurch repeatedly stabbed her in the chest until she was completely silent. At some point during the attack, her chest was sliced open and this was when her right lung was supposedly ripped out and eaten by Lurch. The knife had been used with so much force that the blade had broken off near Tanisha's shoulder and it was clear that this was a rage-filled attack just from looking at how the knife had been used alone. Her body was found with tooth marks on her face and her lungs had been torn out of her chest one of which was missing and um, just her entire torso was completely ripped open. After the attack, Lurch stripped off his clothes and ran out of the apartment. And this was when Alyssa heard the commotion and she saw this man with blood all over him just running naked down the street. But I just want you guys to take a moment for Tanisha because she was completely innocent. Regardless of what the story is, she was an innocent victim and regardless of who killed her, she did not deserve what happened to her. Tanisha Renee Says was an aspiring model and a mother. She was absolutely beautiful. She was only 21 when she died, and that's my age, and I think that is just too young to die. You haven't even experienced life at that point. She was born on the 30th of July, 1980, and was described as beautiful by her friend Tanisha. Tanisha said no matter what was going on in her life, she knew how to keep smiling. And like I said, this murder, regardless of what happened, was extremely cruel. No one ever deserves to go out like this. And Tanisha's two babies had to grow up without a mother, and eventually will discover the grim reality of how their mum's life was taken from them my condolences to her family and friends and obviously her kids as well i really hope they're doing good wherever they are when police arrived on the scene they immediately handcuffed lurch and they took him into custody they stated that he was staring at the sky in the middle of the street in a complete trance his stomach contents was examined and the detectives would be able to figure out that he was the one that cannibalized tanisha therefore linking him to the cold-blooded murder they found that there was human flesh in Lurch's stomach and it was a match for Tanisha. 
Lurch's trial was scheduled for the 13th of June 2002 and this is where things get a little bit weird as they do when it comes to people of colour and um, any kind of court proceeding I guess. Superior Court Judge Jack W Morgan ruled that Lurch was sane at the time of the murder and he was fit to stand trial. Um, It's important to note that at the time in California, not sure if it's changed, but they wouldn't let voluntary drug users plead insanity because of the side effects that the drugs would have on the people. Um, For some reason, apparently side effects would mean that you're sane. I don't know how that makes any sense at all. But um, long story short, Lurch could not take the uh, insanity plea. He could not say that he was not sane at the time. Now, I don't know, but if someone was able to senselessly kill an innocent woman and eat her organs it just doesn't really ring as sane to me especially if this guy hasn't had any like mental health problems in the past um it does sound like he was just too high and perhaps he was completely dis- dissociated from life and i personally don't think there's any way in hell that someone can do such a random attack and do it so brutally but still remain sane at the same time i feel like you need to pick a side you know it doesn't make any sense to me Lurch's defence said that he was under the influence of PCP at the time of the murder and a psychiatrist added that Lurch suffered mental impairment due to the drugs that he was taking, which would make a lot of sense. It took under an hour for the jury to reach the guilty verdict in which he was convicted of first degree murder, torture and aggravated mayhem. Lurch is currently serving his life sentence without possibility of parole at the California State Prison and apparently, according to the papers, for the last five years, he has spent this time in solitary confinement. He's currently 45 years old. This is another thing that I don't understand. If you think that, you know, if a psychiatrist comes to you and says that someone was not mentally stable, um, whether it was due to drugs or not, why would you then proceed to put that person in solitary confinement and call that, like, rehabilitation? Regardless of if he's never coming out, I don't think it's humane to leave someone in solitary confinement. It's not really a smart thing to do, considering that people are in jail to learn their lesson, right? Why would you just put them in a room where they're just left to their own devices to go crazy? I don't get it. But now I'm going to tell you the flip side of the story. I'm going to tell you Lurch's side of the story, as well as Tanisha's mother's side of the story too, who actually stands up with Lurch and was unable to testify for him in court. I don't know why, but she wasn't able to say this in court. Now, Lurch said that the story reported by the papers was just simply not true and that it was a complete setup. He said that he'd gone to a party that day where his so-called friends brought out the PCP and he said that he smoked it, blacked out and then woke up in jail confused and with blood on him. Now, a lot of people do believe that Lurch wasn't actually responsible for the murder. In fact, they believe that Thomas Moore was abusive to Tanisha and he was the one who ended up murdering her. But he pinned it onto Lurch because he was too high to recollect anything. And people theorise that Lurch had seen the organs on the floor while he was high. And due to being so disoriented, he ate the lung thinking that it was just normal everyday meat. Now Lurch actually does admit to having the blood and the flesh on him and he said he just doesn't know what happened that day, he was too far gone to recollect it. He noted that all of this happened in a dope house which is a house used to store drugs, weapons etc. However the police reached the residence and could find zero drugs in the house and this would back up the theory that he was set up in this case because what kind of crack house slash dope house 
has no kind of drugs in there. Doesn't make sense. Lurch also said that there were guns and other weapons at the house, which were also nowhere to be seen when the police arrived. And this would back up the idea that perhaps Thomas did it because he would have, you know, seeing as he's a gang member, he would have people who would be able to help clear out the place for him. And if Lurch was high on drugs this entire time, he wouldn't know left from right. He doesn't know what's going on. He won't be able to recollect that. And it is also kind of interesting to me because you'd think that if someone murdered someone, they would at least get some form of flashback. Like I've heard in multiple cases in the past where people have had, you know, they've been off their nut high, but they've still managed to have some form of flashback because murdering someone like that is extremely traumatic, not just for the victim, but also for the person doing it, you know, um, unless you're completely psychotic and you have no empathy at all. This is where things get interesting because Tanisha's mother, Carolyn Stinson, said that she didn't actually see Tanisha's body. She was told by a friend that the body was way worse than what had actually been reported by the news and by the police. And there was a documentary covering this whole case called Rhyme and Punishment. And in that documentary, Carolyn said that Thomas had been beating on Tanisha and that that exact day when the murder had taken place, Tanisha had packed her stuff up ready to leave. Now, if that doesn't scream red flag, I don't know what does. She said that before she had been stabbed, Tanisha had been hit on the back of the neck with one of the kids' scooters and a bloody handprint was found on this scooter, but the police didn't identify whose handprint this was. I think this is down to just the police having a whole different stance on crime and how things are investigated when it comes to areas where crime is quite, you know, at a high rate and also it's lower class people that are involved, not to mention people of colour as well. I just feel like, especially in the time that it happened as well, not that anything's really changed because it hasn't, especially in America, but, you know, I feel like the police probably saw the evidence for what it was and took it, you know, oh, there's a guy that's high with blood on him. He's the one that did the murder, point blank period, solved. They didn't really want to look further into, oh, but whose handprint was that on the scooter and whose blood was here and whose footprint was there? Her mother also stated that Tanisha didn't smoke PCP and that the bottle of PCP had to have been poured down her throat. She said that the coroner told her there was so much PCP in her system that it would have meant that she would have overdosed. And this would mean that the PCP was forced into her body either post-mortem or at least after she had passed out. Carolyn said that a lot of evidence was lost along with dna and footprints she noted that lurch wasn't actually covered in blood there were a few spots on him but not enough to suggest that he had cannibalized and killed tanisha in the brutal sense that her body was found there would be a considerable amount of blood on him if he did that and there are actual pictures of lurch um that were even shown on tv and he hasn't got that much blood on him it's not consistent with such a brutal murder, one in which, you know, the blade had broken off the knife where they had stabbed someone so hard. A final interesting point from Tanisha's mother is that Lurch couldn't have killed Tanisha. In fact, she defends his innocence, like I said before, and her reasoning behind it is that he was too high to even cause that kind of damage. And furthermore, he didn't even hate Tanisha. And like I said before, this was evidently a rage killing. They had broke the knife in her body. That was how angry they were at her. You know, Lurch was a guy who was in so much pain with his neck. It doesn't really add up if he was in so much pain that he needed to hunt for all these drugs, yet he was perfectly fit enough to kill somebody. It just, there's so many things that don't add up in this case. 
In court, they simply just pointed to Lurch's horrorcore songs and albums that he had produced and they read the lyrics out and said, yep, look, he's a killer because he says all of this dark, morbid stuff. And his fans still protest that he is innocent to this day. So what an absolute case, guys. This case had many twists and turns. Honestly, reading it, if you just read it in a newspaper, you would think, oh my gosh, yeah, wow, he did it. But when you listen to the family's point of view, you listen to Lurch's point of view, it is it puts a whole different perspective on the story. And if I'm going to believe someone, I would believe the victim's family. Um, so in this case, it would be Carolyn, Tanisha's mum, because she knows her daughter. She knows what happened with her daughter leading up to that moment. She knew Thomas as well, you know, and she was aware that her daughter was going to move out. And it's not news in domestic abuse situations if someone you know a partner wants to leave their abusive partner they face a very big threat of either being killed or attacked i just think like i said before that the police wanted to just close the case quick and their evidence in terms of the horrorcore and you know lurch having flesh in his stomach they sort of saw that as oh yeah he definitely did it point blank period case closed you know they literally reached the verdict in under an hour and they threw out all of the extra evidence so I don't know I feel like I will stand with Carolyn Tanisha's mom and say that Lurch is innocent I don't really believe that he did this I believe that it probably was a setup considering the amount of evidence against him and the amount of evidence that sort of proves his innocence because I feel like there's more stuff to prove him innocent more than there is stuff to prove him guilty but obviously in the court of law especially as a black man who creates things such as horrorcore rap um it would be very easy for the court to just throw him into jail and say that he is this horrible murderer it makes me really sad that he is in solitary confinement as well um especially because i do feel like he just needed help um especially physically dealing with all that pain i felt like if he's trying to self-medicate with a drug as strong as pcp he needed more help um, from the healthcare system but I don't know the whole case is really sad um, you know at the end of the day an innocent woman was murdered here and by the look of things she was in an abusive relationship as well and I do think that Tanisha's murderer did get away with that horrible horrible brutal crime you guys hit me up on instagram at take a trip podcast and let me know your thoughts on this let me know what your theory is do you think that lurch was guilty or do you think he's innocent as well i actually found on reddit someone had sent a letter to lurch and he is still very much invested in his music journey even though he's in solitary confinement and in his letter he writes i'm gonna put this on my instagram as well i'll post this on instagram but he writes how he's got closer with god since he's been in jail and he generally just sounds really humble through his writing he insists that he was set up and usually in these kind of cases i'm like yeah yeah set up whatever but i don't know he's just really i really believe that he was set up the series of events just don't make any sense to me hopefully next week will be a bit of a lighter episode again i don't like doing too many heavy episodes just for the sake of people who listen to me <laughs> your mental health and also my mental health because you know reading into this stuff is quite deep but yes there is a memorial page online for tanisha which i will link down below you can send your nice messages to her it's kind of like an online um, memorial thing but yeah thank you for listening to this episode of the take a trip podcast i was your host leah and i will see you again next friday for the next episode bye